you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey there, everybody. It is Thursday, January 20th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're taking our names out of the running to be the Jaguars' next head coach. I'm Marcus Grant, alongside Michael F. Florio. Producer Justin is at the controls, of course, uh, on this Thursday as we get ready for the divisional weekend. We will give you some of our DFS picks for the weekend as well. Also, we'll kind of hip you to a uh, a playoff fantasy format that at least I was unfamiliar with, uh, but uh, seems kind of cool, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on but uh that and some more stuff to chat about but uh, florio it is divisional weekend we were talking before the show you are you're planning to make your first trip to vegas very soon um are you excited i i am i haven't booked anything yet uh but my sister's going to vegas next month and i figure hey it's so close like i i can go meet up with her for a couple of days but she's going for like six days and you and many other people have told me like two days more than enough that's far too long yeah that's that's about that's about four days too many uh in reality so uh good luck to her there um i will tell you that uh look i know it's a four-hour drive it's it's cheap to get in the car and drive Uh, i will warn you that if you do take that route though once you leave sort of the la metro area it is a pretty miserable drive through the desert there's nothing there um and the other part of it that fools you is you'll get to a point where you can sort of see Vegas off in the distance and you'll think, hey, we're almost there. And then you're still driving for another like 45 minutes because there's nothing else around it. So you see it from a long ways out and then it takes you a while to get there. So uh, I, if you decide to drive, just be aware of that. Randomly enough, I've never actually been to Vegas, but I've driven through it because when I drove back home this summer to New York, I drove through Vegas and... My first day that I planned out was 15 hours of driving, so I got to Vegas in like three and a half hours, and I was like, oh, this is a breeze, but I'm sure when that is the destination, it is, it is not nearly as, uh, as quick as it seems. 
I will. I, I don't. I'm guessing you probably have never seen the movie Swingers. Uh, which, I have not. By the way, R.I.P. to uh, Marty Roberts of Marty and Elaine fame. Uh, the real ones know what I'm talking about. But at the beginning of the movie, they go to Vegas and they're super excited about driving to Vegas. Uh, and like they're just, like fired up and they're screaming about Vegas. And then it cuts immediately to them just in the desert, just looking <laughs> sad and depressed. And that's really what that drive is like. You get the excitement of like, yeah, we're going to Vegas. And then like you're an hour and a half in and you're past Apple Valley and Barstow and they're just desert and there's still two more hours to go. And you're like, why did we do this? This is like I, the worst idea ever. I think I'll take the desert, though, over the cornfields that is just the Midwest for, right. for hours upon hours. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an optimist, but I'll probably end up flying if I do either because it's like a 45-minute flight. It's a 45-minute flight. You get in and out, and uh, if you if you book your flights at the right time, you can avoid most of the traffic. So, um, But I look forward to hearing about your trip to Vegas. That should be a, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very excited for you. Uh, all right. There's not much news going on right now, at least certainly not much fantasy-relevant news. So decided to kind of come up with a, a big topic to kind of kick around for uh, a couple minutes here. And... Uh, it ends up being about quarterbacks. I know we talked about quarterbacks on Tuesday's show. We kind of dug into them at some length. But some things popped up over the last couple of days that I felt like were sort of relevant. The first one being Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, says that going into the offseason, Jalen Hurts right now is the starting quarterback for 2022. This sort of feels like what we talked about on Tuesday with Mason Rudolph, that right now he looks like the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which, by the way, what's going on in the state of Pennsylvania with your professional quarterbacks? I don't know. Um, do you think this holds until August? I mean, there will be some interesting names kind of floating around. The draft is still happening. Do you think we're going to get to August and we're still talking about Jalen Hurts as the Eagles starting quarterback? I personally do. Like, I know Jalen Hurts isn't the best thrower of the football. I know it's not always pretty to watch him, but he's been very effective since taking over. Like last season, not uh, 2020, they benched him because he was winning too much late in the end of the season. And then <laughs> this past season, I know he beat up on a lot of bad teams, but spoiler alert, that's what you're supposed to do in the NFL. And he took advantage of the schedule he had. He made the playoffs. Look, I know it looked really, really bad that first playoff game, but he was facing a really tough Bucks defense, and uh, I think he has a long way to go as a passer, but what he brings with his legs is so unique. There's very few quarterbacks who can run like he can, so I think that dynamic, I, I think at the very least, he's earned a chance to start next year. Will he start the whole year? That I'm not convinced of, but I think coming into 2022, he will be the Eagles starter. I think so, too, and I think... I think what's going to happen with a lot of teams that are sort of stuck in quarterback limbo, because I think the Browns are sort of there, um, you know, I think that the Dolphins might be sort of there, is that are you sure you can go out and get a guy that is definitively better than the guy you have right now? And I think if you're the Eagles and you sort of look around – I don't know that you can easily say that. I mean, maybe you take a, a swing at a Russell Wilson, but, you know, the Eagles haven't really come up in that conversation. Uh, I am more and more convinced that, that Aaron Rodgers is not leaving Green Bay. Uh, I know we, we joke that it you know, might depend on what happens in the playoffs, but uh, as of now, I'm, I'm increasingly convinced that Aaron Rodgers is not going to leave Green Bay. Uh, that just doesn't leave a whole lot of great options. I don't know. Maybe they make a run at Derek Carr, but I, I can't be convinced that he is definitively head and shoulders better than what they've got now in Jalen Hurts. So I think, you know, for all this talk, maybe they look around and they realize that we're not going to find somebody who is significantly better than our guy. 
So I think for that reason alone, Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback in, in 2022. Um, I know we, we talked about this, you know, him looking like he can be a top 10 fantasy quarterback again. I just, I don't know about you, I, he's sort of in that limbo of being a guy that we're not sure if he's a good real quarterback yet, but we know he's a pretty good fantasy quarterback. And that, I think, is the hard part we're trying to figure out, like, what to do about him next year. Yeah, and I think the fact that he is not a great real-life quarterback will scare people away. Like, he finished as a QB7 in fantasy football this year. I don't think he'll have to take him as a top-7 quarterback next year. I think he'll be more one of those guys as, like, a fringy QB1, and you could pair him with another quarterback. Uh, so I think the real-life perception kind of only helps us for fantasy and Marcus, as you were talking, though, about these other quarterbacks not really being a clear upgrade, I agree. I think the only way we could see them maybe make a, a splash would be like Russ or Watson. And we haven't heard them involved in that. But, hey, a package of Jalen Hurts and three first-round picks is probably enough to get one of those quarterbacks. You would think so, right? Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what the Eagles decide to do this offseason. But, but I'm with you. I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be their guy uh, once we get to training camp next year. But that sort of leads me to uh, an article that our friend Greg Rosenthal put out uh, on NFL.com recently talking about the offseason quarterback market. And like, like I said, there's going to be some movement. There's going to be a lot of names that are probably changing spots in the offseason. But he put, went through a, a handful of quarterbacks that uh, may not be where they are next year, that seem likely to be locked into where they are next year. But, but just some interesting names that we're probably going to hear a lot. So, you know, Jalen Hurts was in that list. Russell Wilson was on that list. Both of them were sort of, as he said, you know, written in pencil, right? Like they're in their spots now. They might not be there next year. But beyond those two, because those to me were the most interesting names, the other names of semi-interest, you had Tua Tungavailoa, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Carson Wentz. Of that group, who do you think is the most interesting name there? I think it's Kirk Cousins because... Kirk Cousins, while he's not, he he's kind of like Jalen Hurts, right? Like, uh, he's better than Hurts, but are we sure that he is the answer for an NFL franchise? It doesn't really seem like it, uh, but he puts up numbers everywhere he goes. Like, he was surprisingly a QB1 this year in fantasy, and then the offense around him, right? Like, him and Justin Jefferson clearly click and have great chemistry there, but if they move on from Kirk Cousins and decide to go with, like, a young quarterback, I think that hurts Justin Jefferson in fantasy. So, of all of those names, I think they're all pretty interesting in their own right, and they're all going to completely shake up the fantasy landscape, but I think Kirk Cousins, to me, was the most interesting one. I, I, I lean toward Derek Carr here, and maybe it's just sort of recency bias with what he's done. The fact that he uh, he sort of willed the Raiders into the postseason, right? Um, and, and he did it without really having a ton of great pass catchers. I mean, I know Hunter Renfro had a, a very good season, over 100 catches. He was a big part of what they did. But you know, remember, they played a good long stretch late in the year without Darren Waller. Um, you know, you had Henry Ruggs. Uh, you know, getting himself removed from the league and, and generally from society after his, his accident. Um, you know, Brian Edwards has not panned out in the first two years the way we thought he would. It just, for, for all of the deficiencies in the Raider offense, Derek Carr ended up having a pretty good season. So I'm curious if the Raiders move on from him, you know, if he lands in a spot where maybe he has a little more help, a little more support, what he could be. And look, I, I don't think he's ever going to be more in fantasy than at best a fringe QB1, kind of a matchup-based guy. But 
I just wonder if, if he can be maybe a little bit more, if that ceiling gets a little bit higher. Because, uh, what was it, five, five, six years ago, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. His best season, I think he finished as QB8, somewhere around there. So, um, you know, maybe he can push back towards like a top 10 guy in the right situation. But uh, I'm curious to see what the Raiders uh, decide to do with him. Uh, with you know, Their change is coming. Mike Mayock I, I think is gone. Of all, yeah. all of those quarterbacks, if any of them deserve a chance to run it back, it's it's clearly Derek Carr, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he does. Uh, it's just It's been a weird situation with him, with the Raiders, because, like, they sort of get all – it's like a dysfunctional relationship, right? It's like, it's like, you know, it's like having friends that are a couple and you watch them together and you're like, you guys probably shouldn't be together. Um, <laughs> but for whatever reason, like, I don't know, you guys stick together and it's – it's fine, I guess, but it could be better if maybe you guys just decided to see other people. Um, that's what I feel. There's definitely Raiders fans are definitely like, yeah, I've had that feeling of just awkwardly watching him play before. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's a that, that's a good uh, a good comparison, I think. Yeah. For that. And and cars like I never want to play anywhere else besides Vegas, and I'm like, really? Right? Like, you could yeah. probably do better. I mean, he says that, and I feel like the Raiders are kind of like, oh. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, like I felt like it was awkward that Derek Carr was next door neighbors to John Gruden, and Gruden seemed always to be looking out for another quarterback, like all the time. Like that just seems uncomfortable. It, it's like that couple that shouldn't be together. They get engaged because they're like, well, it, it, it could get better, right? We've been we've been together this long. <laughs> we'll see what, see where it goes. You know, that's that is that's kind of the Raiders right now with Derek Carr. Uh, all right. Um, Let's get into uh, the Saturday games for the playoffs. Uh, should be a couple of interesting ones. We've got the Bengals and the Titans. We've got the Packers and the 49ers. Those are your two games on Saturday. Uh, first off, though, before we actually get too far into this, like the Bengals-Titans game, which, which could be very interesting, right? I mean, you got the Titans who are sort of being called the worst one seed ever uh, against the Bengals who come into this one red hot. And I want to bring producer Justin in here, who is our resident Titans fan, and who, by the way, if you haven't seen it, go check out his Twitter account, at Titans Film Room. Uh, it is his pinned tweet, the hype video he made for Amazing. this weekend, which was incredible. Um, I will say, one, it was just amazing that the work that you put in for this thing, also because no matter how many times I watch it and no matter how many times it gets edited and doctored or whatever, that portal scene from Avengers Endgame always gets me choked up and emotional. Like, I'm watching it and there are Titans faces in there, but I'm still, like, having the same set of emotions I did when I watched it for the first time in the theater. So, uh, kudos to you. How long did it take you to put that thing together? <laughs> Well, thank you. Thanks so much for those kind words about the video that took me months to make. I started working on the the intro title sequence like around week eight, week nine, when the Titans were playing the Rams, and the idea has been floating around for a while. But yeah, it took a long time, but I think it was worth the effort. Was there ever a point where you got nervous that like I might not be able to use this if the Titans keep <laughs> struggling? <laughs> Um, a little bit. I, I had, I was going back and forth between the trailer and that scene, the portal scene, the trailer where they're like, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, do it for all the people we lost. And I was like, this also works for all the Titans. Injuries, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I was, I was hoping it wouldn't be the, you know, the Thanos, like, I hope they remember you. Cause that would have been bad <laughs> for you guys <laughs> if, uh, if that was the thing. Uh, all right. But the, but on the field though, like 
you know, I'm sure you've heard plenty of it, right? Being a big part of the Titans fan base that, you know, this is the worst one seed that ever one seeded in the NFL. Um, but, you know, look, they were the one seed for a reason. And I know the Bengals are hot and everybody's sort of trendy pick for this week. Um, but, but give me a reason that the Titans can win this game and move on. The Titans are the first team in NFL history to win eight games in a regular season against teams that finished with a winning record. The previous high was seven wins over such teams, and the Titans did not need the 18th game to do that because they did it by the end of their 17th game because the Houston Texans did not have a winning record. So the Titans are the only team to beat eight teams with winning records. The Titans have also beaten four remaining teams in the playoff field. They've lost to zero remaining teams in the playoff field. The three playoff teams they lost to all got blown out last week. We don't have to talk about that. Um, so <laughs> the Titans have, I think, a, a stronger resume of competition they've played this year that could help them in a game like this. All right. I, look, I, I think it's going to be one of the more intriguing games. I think, you know, Florio, I think your game, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. I think your game is maybe on paper the most exciting, but I, I do think this Bengals-Titans game – uh, it's going to be really, really interesting, especially with Derrick Henry looking like he's going to be back uh, and ready to go. So this one should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. Um, cool. All right. So let's get into our uh, our DFS picks for the week. Uh, let's start with what we usually do. The player on that Saturday slate that you think is worth paying up for. All right, Justin, I'm going to need you to, to earmuffs it for right now <laughs> because I think it's Jamar Chase. I mean, he's only 7,100. He's, I believe, the third most expensive receiver on this slate alone. And then, I mean, you just look at what Jamar Chase has been doing. The best rookie season for a wide receiver ever. Uh, he led the NFL in points per target this year. And then he had a big game last week. T Higgins kind of faded last week. And the thing about the Titans is as well as they've played this year and as good as their defense has been, especially as the year went on, their one weakness has been against wide receivers. So I, I don't know if I'm, I'm picking the Bengals to win this one, but uh, <laughs> I think if they do win it and if they're even, if they have a chance, Jamar Chase is going to have to have a big day. Uh, I I would agree with that, um, you know, and and I think I think the Bengals know it. They come in with a ton of swagger right now, man. I mean, this team is swag on a hundred, uh, and then some. Uh, I will say though, my my player my player worth paying up for uh, is Devontae Adams. So I'm sort of picking on my my 49ers right here. Maybe it's a little bit of reverse jinx because it sort of worked out last week. Um, but in his career. Devontae Adams has destroyed the Niners. And I don't know if this is a thing of a kid who grew up in the Bay Area, you know, taking it out on the team, his local team that, that didn't pick him. I don't know. But uh, he's played five games, including one playoff game against San Francisco. And in four of those games, he's had at least 130 receiving yards. He's had five touchdowns total in the five games uh, against the 49ers. His worst game... Still got you 17 fantasy points. It was like 7 for 43 and a touchdown. And unlike Dak Prescott with C.D. Lamb last week, which, by the way, you were on top of, uh, they just didn't get him the ball. Um, and I don't think it was completely the Niners' coverage that shut him down. They just didn't get him the football. I don't think you're going to have that issue with Aaron Rodgers getting it to Devontae Adams. So even at 8,500, uh, I think it's worth, you know, the, the juice is worth the squeeze because, you know, the history says the Niners have not figured out how to, how to stop Devontae Adams. Just you, you talk about Adams maybe having a little revenge. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is still uh, holding that oh, grudge absolutely. against the Niners? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing we know about Aaron Rodgers is that that dude has a long memory. Um, you know, and the fact that the Niners took uh, Alex Smith at number one, 
over Aaron Rodgers and he had that long, awkward, embarrassing wait in the green room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, being a kid from Northern California, you know, there are pictures of him as a, as a kid wearing 49er stuff. Yeah, he still remembers, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, all right, so, how, so who is the, uh, the high-salary player that folks should avoid on Saturday? Again, Justin is not going to like me right now, but <laughs> I, I think it's Derrick Henry at 7,500. And the thing is, Derrick Henry could make me look very silly if they just fully unleash him like the Rams did with Cam Akers this past week, which was even more remarkable than if Derrick Henry was to do it this week. But Henry's injury is a little bit more recent. I know he's saying his foot feels like it did before he got hurt and he doesn't expect to be really limited, but... How much work exactly is Derrick Henry going to get? That That is my biggest fear. So I, I think if you're playing in like a big tournament, sure, you could use Derrick Henry. But if you're in like a cash game or, or, you know, a small contest with friends or something like that, to me, I think he's a little risky and I would rather pay up for either of the receivers that we just talked about or your boy Debo Samuel. Yeah, well, Debo Samuel, is like, I think he's going to be in a lot of lineups because, I mean, the dude can do everything. Like literally can do everything uh, in that offense. Um, I, I get it. I, I especially, you know, having held all that time off, uh, I would be a little bit worried about Derrick Henry. Um, but I still think he's going to end up being very popular because people can say, hey, it's Derrick Henry. Let's why not put him in a lineup? Um, I'm going to go Aaron Jones. Um, just because the Niners have really been locking down on opposing run games recently. Um, we saw it, you know, certainly late in the regular season. We saw it again uh, in that playoff game against the Cowboys. And look, I know, uh, I know it's been easy to sort of pick on Zeke uh, <laughs> this season, especially late in the year. But the Niners really shut them down um, on the running game. I mean, you know, they, they threw the ball effectively, but on the ground, they didn't really get much going. So I would worry about Aaron Jones this week. Uh, I, I think if the Packers have success. Uh, I think it's through the air. I just don't think it's going to happen on the ground. So maybe Jones catches a couple passes, but I think as a runner, you're not going to see much from him uh, against the 49ers. So that gets us to our value picks for Saturday. And uh, it seems like you agree about this Packers through the air thing. Yeah, and for everything that you said, Marcus, uh, that the 49ers have been able to stop the run. And if they do have a weakness on defense, I think it is in the secondary and then there's an angry Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, too. So uh, MVS for me at 4,200, I think, is a really good value play. I know uh, he didn't close out the year great in, in week 18, but before that, he was heavily utilized. He had a stretch late in the season where he was getting like nine targets a game, and we know that he is their best deep threat outside of Devontae Adams, who's their best everything. So if they do take a shot deep, I think it will be with MVS. He just has to catch one long touchdown, and at 4,200, it will greatly pay off have we have we decided on a a number two receiver of record in in green bay because you know sometimes it's mvs sometimes it's alan lazard it just doesn't seem like there's one guy that has established themselves as the the wide receiver two there i i don't think there's a one per se especially now randall cobb is gonna is expected to be back but I think for me, MVS is the one that I feel the safest in because his volume is a little bit safer. And then again, he's just a deep threat. So you don't need to rack up catches if you catch a 60 plus yard touchdown. Yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> so mine uh, and again, Justin, I promise we're not picking on your squad, but uh, Tyler Boyd, um, just because the, the Titans have struggled against slot receivers this year, third most uh, yards allowed, tied for the second most touchdowns allowed. Um, and Boyd has, you know, that's where he does most of his work. And, and yeah, I know that he is not, uh, yeah, <laughs> Justin pointing out that Danny Amendola uh, lit them up, which, which that seems bad. 
Um, at least in at least in the year 2021, that seems bad. So uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, I think, can can have a little bit of success there. I you know, look, Jamar Chase is still going to be the number one target in that offense. But I think a thing we've learned from Joe Burrow is he will throw to the open guy. Uh, and if Tyler Boyd can get open working out of the slot, then I, I think he's going to see quite a few targets uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We will dive into the Sunday slate. Plus, we'll talk about the, a different playoff fantasy format that uh, maybe you should be hip to if you aren't already. Stay tuned for the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, uh, let's look at the Sunday slate of games. We've got the Bills and the Chiefs, which, uh, like I said, on paper, looks like the most exciting game of the weekend. Uh, but we also, uh, we've got the Bucks and the Rams, uh, which was a game from earlier this year that was played at SoFi Stadium, which uh, was really entertaining. The Rams ended up winning, I think, by 10 uh, in that game. But uh, it was a very entertaining game between two very good teams. But let's start with the player on the slate worth paying up for on Sunday. I, I am not surprised by your answer. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Josh Allen here. And before, you know, you guys could all call me a homer, but I also have a Patrick Mahomes pop figure up here too, next to Josh Allen. <laughs> um, I just think Josh Allen is the safest bet when it comes to a quarterback in fantasy because if you could stop him in the air, he's going to run against you. If you could stop him on the ground, he's going to throw against you. So Allen's rushing numbers in the playoffs, too, and as of late to close out the season, has been great. He was the QB1 in the regular season. He was the QB1 last year. He was the QB1 in the first week of the playoffs. I think if you are paying up for a quarterback, why not go with the, the guy who's been the most productive uh, of all of them? Yeah, no, makes plenty of sense to me. Um, look, I, I was looking at the quarterbacks, too, for, for the Sunday slate of games and he is the one that i think has the most upside there that, that seems to have the, the best matchup uh, and the best production so i i totally get that I, i'm gonna say it's worth spending 6800 to add mike evans uh, i know it's not necessarily huge especially compared to the 76 for uh, for josh allen but uh, the rams have given up some yards in their secondary now i'm curious whether or not uh, they're going to try to line him up against jalen ramsey but I still think that uh, Evans can have some success, uh, and I, I think that they're going to really try to work to get him the football, especially because uh, the Bucks are still beat up, and they're still trying to look for help in their wide receiver group. You know, um, you know, Cyril Grayson isn't necessarily going to scare a lot of defensive coordinators. Um, so I still think they're going to lean very heavily on Mike Evans. I think he's going to get plenty of targets, and as long as the offensive line is healthy and up front and can protect Tom Brady from Aaron Donald and Von Miller and the rest of that pass rush, uh, I think there are going to be some targets there for uh, for Mike Evans. So I would I would try to reach and get him. Um, who's the high salary guy that that you're worried about this week? Uh, for me, it's Sony Michelle, and I, I wouldn't touch Sony Michelle with a ten foot pole. I mean, one, the Bucks are the best defense against stopping the run. I, I know they don't allow the fewest fantasy points to running backs, but consistently every year they're in if they're not first and fewest rushing yards, they're like second or third. So they're just such a hard defense to run against. And then shockingly, last week Cam Akers had more snaps, <laughs> he had more touches. 
He was the running back that they were using in the passing game and not just throwing him the ball. They were throwing him the ball like 40 yards downfield, which was remarkable to see. So I think uh, Cam Akers is now the guy, the running back, especially when we're talking about a good run defense like the Bucks. If they have to throw the ball, I think it's going to be a lot of Cam Akers and not a lot of Sony Michelle. And they're about the same price, too, in this slate. So it would be all Cam Akers. I wouldn't want Sony Michelle in any of my lineups. There were a lot of running back surprises last week. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn ended up having a, a pretty good day for the Bucks. Jarek McKinnon coming out of nowhere to be the Chiefs, like, secret weapon in the backfield when everybody was on Daryl Williams. Uh, kind of a surprise. And then uh, Sonny Michelle got the start. And I think he ripped off, like, a 15, 20-yard run on the first play of the game. After that, it was the Cam Akers show the rest of the day for the Rams. So uh, I think that alone makes it worth kind of staying away from, from Sonny Michelle. Um I'm worried about Tyreek Hill, you know, uh, down the stretch. He was not particularly great. Uh, we saw Mahomes kind of spread the ball around a little bit more. We've seen, you know, we've seen Mecole Hardman start to get more, more targets. We've seen Byron Pringle uh, start to get more looks. Even Demarcus Robinson kind of pops up here and there uh, in the offense. And I think maybe teams are trying more to take Tyreek Hill away. He's still super explosive. He's still that guy that if he gets one or two opportunities can pop a big play for you. But it just seems like it's gotten harder lately for the Chiefs to get him those opportunities in space. And on top of it, we know the Bills' uh, pass defense has been pretty good. Their secondary has been has been pretty solid all year long. So, uh, look, I, I understand if you want to pop him in there and try to play for this ceiling, but uh, I'm sort of with you. If you're playing kind of a, a, a casual game, if you're playing with friends, uh, maybe I pivot away from Tyreek Hill uh, and try to go somewhere else because uh, it just hasn't been particularly great for him uh, the last few weeks heading into the playoffs. Um, all right, so finally, the value pick for this uh, this Sunday. Who you got? I went with your boy, Van Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> just because, again, I was just saying earlier how hard it is to run on the Bucks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams threw a lot in this game. And I think that would mean all three receivers getting involved. But we know the Bucks are going to do everything they can to try to limit Cooper Cup which should open up a lot for Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson. And I know Odell looked really good the other day, and he scored the touchdown. He's been the preferred red zone option. The preferred deep threat, though, is still Van Jefferson. So just like MVS, at this price, if he catches one long one, his day is, he's going to pay off. So I, I think uh, I like taking an upside shot on Van Jefferson there. I was sort of laughing watching the Rams-Cardinals game last week because, you know, here it is, the Rams were just stomping out Arizona in every which way and in my mind I'm thinking you know they're on the sidelines probably thinking to themselves well at least we kept Cooper Cup in check um <laughs> but even that even that didn't end up being the case because like in the second half Cup started to kind of be Cooper Cup again but I'm like yeah you're getting thumped but hey you know what Cooper Cup didn't, didn't have a big game against you so I guess there's that uh so you took my guy as a value pick I'm gonna take your guy Gabe Davis <laughs> uh on the other side um you know I one I think this is gonna be a high scoring game because I think you know both these teams can put up points uh at will we saw that last week in their respective playoff games um and I do think that uh you know the, the Bills are going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to spread it around. And I think Gabe Davis is going to be the recipient of a, of a lot of them. And, and again, sort of like Van Jefferson or, you know, like, like MVS, doesn't necessarily have to get a ton of catches. But I think he can, you know, get himself a couple of end zone targets. If he scores, uh, maybe breaks a one good long play, I think he has a pretty good day. So uh, I wouldn't mind kind of plugging him in at 4,600 uh, and seeing what you can get out of that. So uh, should be a whole lot of fun. Um that gets me to 
we were talking about uh, fantasy formats for the postseason, right? And I guess this is where I should probably plug Playoff Challenge. You can still play NFL Playoff Challenge where you can put together a lineup uh, and play for that. It's not too late to get in. You're probably, you know, obviously a week behind if you haven't already. But, you know, get in. Form a league with some friends. Have some fun. It's a good time. Go check it out. Uh, but you had been talking about a playoff format that you are in called the one and done. And I hadn't heard of this. I'm sure other people probably have. But uh, for the uninitiated like me, kind of explain what this is. Yeah, it, it is a really fun playoff format. And basically what it is is you set a different lineup for each round of the playoffs. So like the wild card round, you set a lineup. The divisional round, you're going to set another lineup. The only rule is once you use a player, you can never use him again. So, like, I used last week, I used a lot of Bengals. I used Joe Burrow, I used Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. If the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, I have to use whoever they're playing against because I cannot <laughs> use the Bengals again the rest of the playoffs. So, it, it's a fun strategy game because you have to, one, determine who you think is going to have a good game that week while also thinking about, like, who do I think is going to advance and who do I want to leave for better weeks or just because I, I need to field a lineup three weeks from now. That yeah, that's pretty awesome because it is. It's a combination of sort of like you know fantasy slash playoff challenge, and a little bit of a survivor pool aspect of it too because you can't go back and use use guys again. So I like I looked at the lineup you put together: Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, uh, Daryl Williams, which you know sort of crapped oh. out on you. <laughs> um, Debo Samuel, that that worked out. Jamar Chase, obviously that worked out. Zach Ertz, Hunter Renfro. So I guess the good news is between Renfro uh, and Ertz. Uh, those guys are, are off the board anyway because those teams have lost. But yeah, you're if the Bengals do make a run, I'm uh, done. You're, you're kind of hurting it. Well, you, you still got T. Higgins. You still got Tyler Boyd. Uh, I guess you got C.J. Uzama if you're if you're feeling that. I was in. This is a pretty big contest. There's like fifty something people, maybe more. And I was in first place all week long last week mm -hmm. until the Chiefs game. Daryl Williams gave me negative points, and the rest <laughs> of the Chiefs went off. And now I'm in like twentieth place, and I'm like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> so so are you willing to share have you put together your 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 lineup for this week are you willing to share that i am and, and full disclosure it might change like last week i changed my lineup like six times on friday but <laughs> as of now i'm going with the with aaron Rodgers. i have derrick henry because i know i said i didn't love him in dfs but i'm like if the titans lose this might be my one chance to get him in uh devin singletary uh Devontae adams t higgins cooper cup travis kelsey Okay. That is uh, what I have right now. All right. So uh, again, if if the Chiefs move on, uh, Kelsey is is out of the uh, he's out of the mix for you. But uh, all right. Um, interesting. I I kind of dig this. I have to remember this for next year so I can like get in one of these. Uh, one we of these we should do one with like listeners and stuff or something. We should. Like that. We should totally remember this and do it next year because uh, this this seems actually pretty cool. Um, all right. So before we go, let's make our picks for the week. I know you've already said uh, for the the uh, Bucks or the uh, the Bengals and Titans who you have here. Uh, I will say that I was I was totally on with the Bengals, and then I saw Justin's hype video. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think I'm switching to the Titans now. Like, I was thinking, like, the Bengals are hot. They're swaggy. They're, they're super confident. Um, but then I saw this hype video, and I got all emotional about the portal scene in Avengers Endgame again. And then, so now I think I'm, I'm switching my pick to the Titans there. So, uh, there you go. Um, 49ers Packers, uh, where are you going? I, I'm seeing a lot of people pick the 49ers. I, I'm sorry, Marcus. I, I'm still going to pick the Packers. It's Aaron. It's an angry Aaron Rodgers at home in the cold. I just trust him more than Jimmy G. Ah, uh, agreed. 
I, I took the Cowboys last week, and I, I caught some heat for that. But uh, I can I can go back and say that it was motivation. Um, maybe this will be motivation too for the 49ers because I know they listen to this podcast all the time. I just think the Packers <laughs> the Packers are just a better team, and I know that you know what the Niners won earlier in the season. Um, things are drastically different now than they were then for both teams. But uh, I think the Packers are the better team. I think at home, I think they they get a win there. Uh, Sunday Rams Bucks. Who you got? I'm going with the Rams here. We we saw the Rams beat the the Bucks and Brady earlier this year, and I know it's on the road in Tampa now, but I still think Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and those guys are going to be able to get pressure on Brady. And with him having the limited weapons around him now, uh, I think life will be tough for Brady this weekend. I, I think uh, I think the Rams pull off the upset. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I misspoke. It was the Packers that won that matchup uh, back in week three against the 49ers. I don't know where my head was. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to go with I think the Rams win. Uh, I think the Rams get the win uh, on the road against Tampa. Um, look, the Bucks they had really good injury luck last year. Um and they haven't really had that this year. And I think at some point it's going to start to catch up to them. Um, you know, I know Matt Stafford has been a little bit shaky. And uh, the, uh, you know, they have been a lot more run heavy lately. But I think, I think they get it done uh, on the road. So I don't know if that counts as an upset, but uh, I think they win. Bills Chiefs, I mean, I'm going to ask you officially the question. I already know the answer, but go ahead. I'm going with the Bills, and I know I'm going to sound like a homer saying this, and and there's lots of reasons you could throw out, right? Like, every move they've made the last year has kind of been built around beating the Chiefs. The Stephon Diggs picture of him staring off for motivation, none of that, I don't, I think the difference makers is the Bills have Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde back there in that secondary, and we saw teams this year when they were playing their safeties back deep and stuff, it was really impacting Patrick Mahomes and the passing game. He now has to face what I believe is the best safety duo in the NFL. So I, I think it'll be a really good game. I don't I personally don't think it's going to be as high scoring as other people are predicting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something like 24-21, something along those lines. I think it'll be close. I'm going with the Bills though. I'm I'm with you though. I'm going with the Bills on this one too. I, I, look, the Chiefs, I know they ended up sort of rolling and they they stomped the Steelers last week, but I feel like that was the Steelers. Um, you know, they, they sort of limped into the playoffs. They got in thanks to the Raiders uh, deciding to be aggressive and kick a field goal and, and winning in, in week 18. Um, but Kansas City has not looked really impressive a lot down the stretch. And uh, it's one thing to kind of go and beat up on the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, who was you know on his way out. It's another thing to do it against this Bills team uh, that is definitely a lot better, and their quarterback is a lot better, and their their offense is a lot better. I just, I don't know. I feel like this is this is the year for the Bills to go in there and and get it done. Um, maybe this is Buffalo's time. Maybe maybe Bills Mafia. Maybe this is finally your year. I don't know, but I think this week is certainly your week uh, to go in and and get a win against the Chiefs. So uh, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy AFC Championship weekend. <laughs> I know people say, oh, your window's open as long as you have a good quarterback. But I'm like you, Marcus. I feel like if the Bills are ever going to do it, it has to be this year. Everything is in place for them right now. Yeah. I mean, and I think you see how quickly that window can open and close uh, for a lot of teams. You see it it happen all the time. So, all right. Those are our picks for the weekend. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoy some good football. Hopefully we get a better ratio because last week we had two games that were really competitive out of six. Uh, hopefully we can do a little bit better with the ratio here in uh, in Divisional Weekend. In the meantime, for us, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Get vaxxed, wear a mask, do good, and live well. And we'll talk to you next week. Yeah.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.